Hey everybody, welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Today we're going to begin to process the question of how did we get here? How did we get to this place of just messy brokenness within our Christian culture, specifically regarding authority? It's been a rough season within the Christian community. I think there's been a lot of people that were just shocked by some of the things that have come out lately. If it's pastors being accused of sexual harassment or embezzling. And the latest was this whole revelation about Ravi Zacharias and all the things that he was doing to women, with women over just years. And it's devastating. And it makes us wonder what happened and how did we get here and why is this so familiar some of you guys have been listening to this podcast from the very beginning and you know that i've had experience within a christian cult as a younger person i've had my own broken experiences within christian churches and organizations more recently and so this is a question that i've been asking a lot for a long time but maybe some of you who are listening have just started asking these questions Maybe this Ravi Zacharias revelation just really just threw you and you're just wondering what in the world. If you have listened to this podcast, then you know that I am big into questioning just the traditions, the religiousness, the things that are extra within our Christianity. And so if you're just beginning to ask those questions, like it's okay. It's hard. It can be really world shaking and just traumatizing just to be like, wait, what? Huh? What's going on? What happened? Why? And as I've looked at just the brokenness in our world, in our church, in our Christian culture over the last year, I have asked these questions yet again. And just recently, I listened to this short documentary on the dark side of the Christian music industry. And it was just this young woman who was just exploring some of the things that have happened within the industry of people who have just been broken by it or people who have been just shut down from it or within it because of questions they asked or things that they believed. And it just kind of was the last thing that threw me over the edge. And I've been thinking about doing a series on just how did we get here for a while, but that was just the last push. Like we need to jump into this. How did we end up in such a broken place where our industries are breaking people, our churches are breaking people, our organizations are breaking people. And over and over again, we have these people who are in leadership positions of authority who are falling and falling apart. How did we get to this place? What happened? How did we get so far away from Jesus and the example that he showed us? And how did we end up looking so much like the religious Pharisees, the religious Sadducees, instead of looking like Jesus, the one we're supposed to be following, the one that we say we're following? What is going on? I think it's really important to ask that question because If we don't ask what happened, we don't acknowledge the fact that this is broken, this is a mess, then we are not going to be able to fix it. Yes, it's overwhelming. Yes, sometimes I look at this and I'm like, why do I even try? Like, why do I even have these conversations? A couple things lately, and then we're going to jump into the idea of authority. But So the other day, I had this very vivid imagination that sometimes I use and sometimes I don't. I used it a lot when I was a kid. 
some of my memories. I'm not really sure if they were like real. Like I'm pretty sure I didn't go in a submarine under the ocean, but man, it sure felt like it. I think it was just my bunk bed, but you know, ooh, I don't know. That kind of stuff. I'm not a huge imaginative person these days, but sometimes it happens. And the other day I was just thinking about this brokenness and all of a sudden I was just like picturing this body like laying in a church foyer and bleeding, a bleeding body laying there. And the church people come around and they look at it and they're like, oh gosh, this is really awkward. Like, this is terrible. And what do we do about this? But they're not necessarily trying to fix the person. They're more just upset about the fact that there's a body in their foyer. And Jesus moves forward, try to help this person who is obviously in trouble. And the church people just kind of push him back. And they're like, whoa, 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 we got this. And they pull out this little like first aid kit. And in there, there's little Bible band-aids with like Bible verses on it. And they just kind of shove a couple Bible verse band-aids over top of this person's wound, pick them up and dump them in the parking lot, and then get offended when they die. I know that sounds extreme, but I just feel like that's what's happening over and over and over again right now within our Christian community, within our churches, within our culture, within our organizations, is we have these people who are bleeding out and dying. And instead of actually like allowing Jesus to come in and fix them and fix all of us, we just stick these spiritual band-aids on them and we shove them out. We don't want to deal with it. We push things under the rug and shove it in the closet. And like the Christian community is not willing to deal with their mess. And so that's where I want to start today, because if we are not willing to deal with our mess and and really just try to reform this from the inside out, then we don't have any hope. We've got to just acknowledge the fact that there are some broken things that are happening and that there are reasons behind these broken things that are happening over and over and over again within our churches and our organizations. Something is messed up. Something is wrong. How did we get here and what do we do about it? So I want to talk about authority today. It's really interesting. I was already thinking through the things that I wanted to talk about that create these abusive and like terrible environments within Christianity and organizations and churches. But I read an article earlier today by Rachel Denhollander. It was actually not by her, but it was about her. She was one of the victims of Larry Nasser, who was the USA gymnastics doctor that did horrible sexual abuse for years with multiple, multiple, multiple victims. She's now an attorney, and she's the author of a book called What is a Girl Worth? But they were talking about her, and she was kind of talking about what are these things that create these abusive environments. And it was super interesting because she listed three of the exact same things that I was already thinking about before I ever even read the article. So the first one she talked about was authority, which is what we're going to talk about today. This misunderstood, misused, abused concept of what is authority within Christian culture. The second thing she talked about was unity. And the third thing was gossip. And those are totally on my list of things to talk about because that's where this kind of culture of abuse and just mess just, just grows. It just, it just thrives within these misunderstood and misused concepts. So authority, biblical authority. When I was growing up in my cultic organization, authority was huge because people who had authority, they were the ones you had to follow. You couldn't question them. And whether it was your pastor or your father, or it was the person in charge of your organization, there were these authority figures that were to be just obeyed obeyed and submitted to at all costs. Like you did not question the authority. You did not talk bad about the authority. You did not talk back to the authority. You did not have your own opinion. You just obeyed the authority. Well, it's interesting because 
that system does not benefit anybody except for the person in power. And so it makes sense that somebody who wants to have a lot of power and wants to be in charge and wants to be able to do whatever they want would encourage a system like that. And so you got this power versus authority. But I know that it's not just in my Christian cult that has experienced this because I know there's other people out there who have been in churches or religious organizations where you get quoted this verse of don't touch the Lord's anointed or touch not the Lord's anointed. And it's that whole same idea about here's this person with quote unquote authority, but I'm going to call it power. This person with power and you do not question them. You do not come against them. You don't say anything bad about them. You don't nothing. They are, they are the Lord's anointed, whether that's a pastor or a leader or whatever it is within the Christian community. Okay, the problem with that phrase, people call it biblical, is it's totally been taken out of context. I mean, that should never be used to prop up some kind of a crazy, abusive, power-hungry Christian dictator. No. That is a phrase from the story of David. And if you remember the story, Saul is king. David has been anointed king by God, but he's not actually king yet. And Saul has kind of gone crazy, and he is trying to kill David. And he chases David for decades. Decades and days of life, he gets chased by Saul, and he's trying to get away from him, and Saul's trying to kill him. And it's just this constant thing. Well, one day, David's hiding in a cave. Saul and his army that's trying to kill David comes by. Saul goes into the cave to use the bathroom. And while he's in there, David's in the back of the cave, unbeknownst to Saul. And David's friend is like, hey, you should go kill him right now. And David's like, no, I am not going to touch the Lord's anointed. I'm not going to be killing him. That's totally God's business. Okay, that's, that's where that phrase comes from. And the context is that this is the king that God anointed. And David is not going to murder the king so that he can be king, even though that would get rid of the guy who's trying to kill him. Okay, that's the context. You cannot snatch that phrase out of that story and decide that anybody in charge is the Lord's anointed, quote unquote, because they're not. (laughs) There's no king. There's no authority. There's nobody that God's anointed to be the king of whatever church or organization. That is a terrible way to use that phrase. And yet it is used like that all the time with power and fear and all that kind of stuff to try to get people to follow whatever this person is and not to step up and say, hey, whoa, I don't feel like that's okay. So it's not biblical. That is like heresy. It's totally a lie. And that should not be how you use that phrase. But this idea of this biblical power and like calling it authority is just so destructive. It's so destructive. This is where every kind of abusive situation happens. When you have somebody who says, I have all the power and you have to follow me. And that's not okay. It's not okay. So interestingly enough, I've I've struggled with this idea of biblical authority. Is there this spiritual authority? Is there this authority in a church? And so the last time I really dug into this, I was asking this guy who actually grew up in the same cultic organization that I did. And he was a pastor. He was online that I was just in a group that I was a part of. And um, he seemed really legit. He seemed like he really loved, you know, grace and God's love and all this stuff. And I was like, you know, I'm going to ask him what he thinks about this idea of biblical authority. Is it actually biblical? And I asked him and he came back and was like, oh, yes, it's very biblical. It's one, you know, I think it really is, even though. He had given up a lot of this other junk we believed. He's like, oh, yes, the, p- the pastor definitely has this biblical authority. And I was like, okay, interesting. Uh, like a week later, he leaves his family, runs off with his mistress that he has that nobody knew about, deletes all of his social media accounts, it just disappears. And I was like, mm, yeah, 
How about that? <laughs> ah, don't think so. Nope, nope, nope. So I really was struggling with this whole idea of what is biblical authority and why does it always get so confused and so mixed up? And my church that I attend right now always differentiates between authority and power. And I really appreciate it. I, I just really, it just gives me this sense of assurance and understanding and like, okay, I got that. This is going to be okay. So I want to read you guys um, some of their explanation of the difference between power and authority. And they refer to this because they're looking at Jesus and the kind of person that Jesus was. And often throughout scripture, it talks about how Jesus had authority. And it was kind of this like shock because he didn't have this, I guess it was like the, the scribes, they always say Jesus had authority, not like the scribes. And the scribes and the Pharisees, they had power. They tried to make people do what they wanted. But Jesus had this authority. So what is authority versus power? It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Power, according to my church's leaders, which I really love this, power is the ability to make someone do what you want. Authority is living a life so genuine that people just want to follow you. Wow. <laughs> wow. So here's some examples of what power looks like versus authority. Power is domineering. It's leader focused. It's all about the leader. It's fear inducing. Like they want you to be afraid because that way you will be more willing to submit to them. I see this all the time. If you want somebody to listen to you, make them afraid. You want to have power over somebody, make them feel fearful and that you have the answers. Totally works. It's coercive. It's this idea of like, I'm going to make you do what I want. I'm going to coerce you. I'm going to twist your arm, manipulate you. It's top down from the top. This is this human power and it's dehumanizing. Oh my goodness. Have you experienced that before? In a Christian setting, I have. I have more than once. That's not biblical authority. That is human power disguised as biblical authority. And that is not okay. True authority, according to my church, which I love this, it's cooperative instead of domineering. It's working together. It's body focused. All of us together focus. What's the health of this versus just the leader, just me? It produces flourishing instead of fear. So there's life. There's fruit. It's invitational instead of coercive. It's inviting people in rather than making them do something. It's bottom up. So you're down looking at the people, taking care of them. And it's life giving instead of dehumanizing. When I look at this list, I think of Jesus. Because Jesus was God. He had all the power. And yet he chose to lay it aside. And he really didn't use it. Not as often as he could have. And not to make people do what he wanted. He used his power to give life. To heal. To produce food. To calm storms. But he never used his power to make people follow him. Or to make people do anything that he wanted. And he could have because he's God and he has all the power. But Jesus had this authority. He had this genuineness about him. He had this life about him. He gave to others. He served others in a way that just drew people in. 
he was, people were drawn to him. They wanted to be with him. They wanted to be like him. They wanted to follow him. And he had this authority that the other religious leaders did not have. And so I think about that and I think to myself, what would it look like if our churches, if our Christian organizations understood that kind of authority versus power? Well, we wouldn't have the same kind of leaders because they wouldn't be interested in that kind of stuff. I've talked many times on this podcast about spiritual abuse and about two of my favorite books, When Narcissism Comes to Church by Chuck DeGroat and The Subtle Power of Spiritual Abuse by David Johnson. These books are just so necessary. If you ever had any kind of experience with any kind of spiritual abusive situation, you need to read these books. They are fantastic. If we had environments where what was encouraged and sought after and lifted up was this sense of true authority versus power, these people who were looking for power wouldn't come to those churches and want to be there. And people who were in the elder boards and the deacon boards would recognize people who were looking for narcissistic power and would never hire them. And we would have bodies that flourished because it belonged to everyone. It was about everyone versus just about one person who has the power and is doing the awesome stuff. Our industries, our Christian industries do not help this scenario because they are pushing people to be awesome, to say, look at me. I'm so great. I'm my brand. You know, follow me. And that's not what authority is about. Authority is about service. Authority is about love. It's about giving grace. It's about lifting others up. It's not about showing everyone how awesome I am. So I think this is one of our biggest issues. If we're going to fix the brokenness within our Christianity, within our culture, within our churches, within our organizations, it starts with this understanding of authority. And we are going to have to do some uncomfortable things. There's going to have to be some rising up and saying no. And maybe stepping forward and being honest about abuse that's happened and getting rid of some of these abusive, power-hungry people who are in charge. Being real, being brave, being authentic, and being willing to say no, and being willing to just step up. It's scary. It's dangerous sometimes. But I think that's one of the things that needs to happen first. We really need to just understand what true authority is and live it. We're going to keep talking next time about unity and gossip. And then I want to jump into just some other things that I think are really important. If we're going to really change this atmosphere of our Christian culture, we need to be aware. We need to be willing to say, this is not okay. No more shoving things under the rug. No more pushing things in closets. No more sticking dead bodies out in the parking lot. (laughs) We've got to just be willing to say we are broken and it's not okay. And we're going to change this by the grace of God. We're going to follow Jesus. Guys, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. Come back next time. And until then, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.